0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Sometimes in life,
0: we encounter
1: people who teach us things we never knew we needed to learn. Who offer a perspective that forces us to reevaluate our outlook and who humble us with their innate wisdom and kindness. Sometimes, though, we also meet people who offer us none of these things. Ladies and gentlemen, Flats and Shanks.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of our weekly podcast. I am David Flatman. And I am Tom Shanklin. Hiya, Tom. Hi, Dave. Now, um, despite both of us having been in fairly immaculate physical condition and with differing but equally sort of deep and healthy glowing tans, we, a few years ago, decided to stop playing professional rugby and to hand over the game, that the game we love, to some of the younger Bucks to give it their best crack. And it was a tough decision, but I maintained the right decision, um, as I think both of us were keen to go out at the top and we were both absolutely flying in our respective careers, weren't we, Tom?
3: We were, Dave. We have passed the baton over and... I've always said this, if you're going to go out, you go out on top. Absolutely, you you've not, always said that. You do not filter down the leagues, do you? He's always said it, we're elite and we remain elite. We are. And for those who haven't heard of us or don't know us, I played for London Welsh, I played for Saracens where Flats and I fell in love and the Cardiff Blues, 70-odd caps. 70-odd caps? 70, exactly. 70, exactly, right, not Sa- 70-odd. Sounds a bit better, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, selected in, for the Lions in 05. Sorry about that yeah to that easy place called New Zealand and again selected in 2009 but I didn't quite make that tour it dislocated my shoulder which is a shame because on the grapevine word on the street was I probably was going to be captain
2: yeah Um yeah perhaps not I mean two of two of the least successful Lions tours of all time but g- good stuff anyway more than likely um, would have led them to a series win as well I mean there's every chance not there's, my there's, words not my words there is nothing to prove otherwise I- I'll say that I'll agree with you on that um You'll have heard Tommy's pretty keen to talk about his career I'll, I'll keep mine brief um, I played for Saracens for five years uh, Where I met Tommy And um, I played for played for Bath for a, a bit longer than that Or a lot longer than that uh, Managed to get eight England caps in the end Only oh, really? eight? Uh, yes, eight Mate, I thought it was less Sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, alright yeah. But when you, when you think about it America away counts, mate, on the tight head The yeah, international tight head, don't forget that And I, I look at it kind of like this um, I don't want to offend anybody um, or be un-PC or PNC whatever it is but I um, 8 England caps roughly if you look at it in like cat years or dog years or whatever is equivalent to about 80 Welsh caps I thought um, that's insulting that is insulting well alright it's just the way I've always thought about it that's all can we pick on the Scots alright ok it's equivalent to 380 <laughs> Scottish caps <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah that sits well with me that's, that's a bit yeah, more like it that's man. a fact that's a bit more like it Joking. Just a joke, absolute joke. Yeah, lols, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we like to think we've still got our finger on the pulse and I certainly have, and I'm very much in touch with the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, um I go around the grounds and commentate and pundit every weekend and sort of gob off on the T V and um I often sit in my pants and look at my iPad at Rugby News, so I'm pretty much up to date. You don't do a lot of that, so is it just what's yours just watching on telly? Well, yeah, I watch a lot of TV because I just absolutely love rugby. and yeah, I've also You're a pig for it. <laughs> yeah. I've also got a mate who still plays professional rugby. Who? So, uh, Jamie Roberts. What? Um, former teammate, yes. Actually your mate? Or are you saying he's your mate because he's handsome and successful with a really big deal? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he follows me on Twitter. So he follows everyone on we, We've got to be mates. He follow, Okay. If you're his mate and not his former teammate, tell me the last time you spent one on one time with Jamie Roberts at his house or in a restaurant in a coffee in a coffee shop, a bar, last time one on one? ooh,
3: two thousand
2: nine I got into sign. Right, former a teammates. Sh- I got into sign a shirt on the side of the pitch. Right, right, right. <laughs> former teammates. Ab- embarrassing, he's not your mate. Alright. So during this weekly podcast of ours, this new weekly podcast, we're gonna do our best to cover most, if not all, or all of the topical talking points and the weekend's action. We're gonna do a little bit of match analysis nothing too in depth um, but a bit of fun and we're even going to when we can we're going to call certain people the relevant people the players the coaches the referees fans if we have to my mum if there's no one else to answer the phone and um, we we're going to make it yeah you've got a number uh, we're going to make it as fun as we possibly can
3: yes on this week's show we're going to be debriefing last season we're going to do a little bit on the lions captain who's it going to be we're going to talk olympic sevens and how great that was um, Pick out any key moments from the weekend's rugby action, and we're going to call a mate of mine George North.
2: Another mate of yours? that he's a legend. Is he actually your mate? I, I don't know about that. Well, I like to feel like I played
3: a huge part in his development as a player. I'm um, certain because his first game against South Africa, I
2: ran an unbelievable dummy line for him to score his first ever <laughs> try for mate, Wales. Your your whole career was respectfully built on dummy lines, like when I played with you at Sarri's and then played against you and watched you play for Wales and stuff, you ran so many dummy lines. And I often used to wonder, like, I often used to wonder, are people, are defenders, like, attracted to him because they think he's really strong and if he gets the ball, they know they're in trouble? Or is it because you are so aggressively pallid, like, practically albino, that they were like moss to a light bulb or something? It's like unbelievably attractive to defenders I don't know what it was I certainly stand out I'm not sure it's for, for that reason um, mm, maybe or maybe they thought you were Gareth Thomas I don't <laughs> Yeah. or Jimmy but, Somerville I don't know anyone else bored really they, Voldemort <laughs> um, but
3: yeah they basically used to say make as much noise as you can and try not to catch
2: the yeah. ball Ooh, here I come boys ah! <laughs> oh here he goes let's get him chase me I can imagine yeah just imagine I, I mean I used to do a commercial thing with George North last year um, high level commercial stuff yeah and one of the things I had to do was pretend to tackle him. And what I did notice was that he does have incredibly hard quads. They're like iron. They're, They're amazing, green, aren't they? Muscular. They are incredible. I, I, think, I think about them a lot. Um, it's, it's important um, that you know, in terms of visualisation for you guys at home, um, because I only got eight caps for England, and they were a long time ago, and Shanks may have got 70 caps, but it was for Wales. Uh, neither of us has any money. So um, our studio uh, this week... Um, is actually the upstairs sofa bit of... I say sofa bit because it's not really a room. It's just kind of an empty space with a sofa in it at CrossFit Bath. Mm. And we arrived and thought, this is quite cosy. It turns out the acoustics are awful. There is a, a plastic roof over which pigeons are walking above us and pooing. We are next to a train line, which is very active. We're also under a flight path. We can only pray that um, there isn't a, a small holding nearby. Which is um, keeping warm for the evening? A, a gaggle of, I don't know, a gaggle or a murder or a parliament of cockerels. Who knows? But it's, it's humble surroundings for two humble guys. But give it six weeks and we'll be in LA with Piers Morgan. So don't worry about it. it. Yeah, it's like a, a cross between a
3: 1940s bomb shelter
2: and I suppose that room
3: with full of old PE kit in school. It's kit everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, there is
2: actually a spare kit, and I, I did have a rummage through it, thinking, I mean, I will steal some. I'll be honest, I was going to take some, but turns out there aren't many people at this gym. Um, Weigh 130 kilos, but Shanks—it's all your <laughs> Yeah, what we're trying to say is our budget was spent on makeup and
3: designer clothes rather than location. Yeah, great shoes, awful, awful studio. There are plenty of ways to contact us, um, ask us questions, whatever you want, because we will run out of things to talk about, won't we?
2: Yeah, very, very readily. I'm also—I'm already struggling. Mate.
3: Yeah. If you want to contact us, you can contact us at Twitter um, at Flats and Shanks. You can contact us on email contact at flatsandshanks.com original (laughs) or you can go on our website which is flatsandshanks.com original brilliant took me a while to think of them.
2: yeah we're going to do our best to make it interesting we're going to definitely have fun making it uh, or at least pretend we're having fun making it we hope you enjoy it buckle up right
3: mate that's enough of the foreplay let's get down to a bit of business and I think probably the best way to start off this is to have a quick debrief of last season's Aviva Premiership winners Saracens, and not only did they win their Aviva second time running, they won the European Champions Cup, which to me is a bit greedy greedy, it's greedy, yeah. yeah, but what's their secret mate? why are they so good
2: I think um there's a lot of talk about saris and they spend too much money and there's always rumor and all that sort of stuff. I think that they no doubt have spent a lot of cash the last few years, and <clears throat> the legends around the place you know, have a huge impact the team that started the Prem final the European final of the 15 nine of those guys from Saracens were from the championship or from the academy that is very interesting in one sense also perhaps misleading in another because a lot of those championship and academy players will have been influenced and learnt a huge amount from the legends that were there before that cost a load of money and all that sort of stuff there's another argument there Uh, yeah like me and you basically years ago yeah yeah so um, I I think there but for me there's when Brendan Vence took over there They developed, rightly developed, this uh, reputation for being boring. They were unbelievably boring but efficient. That's gone now. Those days are gone. Anyone that's still calling them boring, for me, is lazy. And you're allowed your own opinion, but um, I don't agree with that. They they play some wonderful stuff. They score some great tries. They don't play a huge amount of rugby in their own half. No. But apart from the rugby bit, because everyone's big and strong and well-coached and all that, if you... I realised that... I said this on the telly the other night... I realise that not many of our listeners are going to have the chance but there are competitions there are or if someone always knows someone if you ring the club with a charity request or something and you can find a way to get down to Sarries for a day a training session an hour a morning an afternoon whatever take the time off work and go and do it because it is an unbelievable environment I'm not talking about wow all these guys talk about his excellence it's not British cycling with Dave Brailsford no it's honestly like being it's like being it's just like a load of blokes on holiday with all their best mates, only instead of the boozing, they're training. The team meetings, you got, you got Petrus Duplessis as his Borislav of his alter ego. He's in his red speedos doing a dance. you got all the boys having a pop at this player or that player. There's a load of proper analysis going on. The coaching is brilliant. The coaching, the instruction's really clear. The guys come out the changing room laughing. They're laughing, their wives are there in the creche with the kids. It's all put on for the kids. The food's great, everyone's together for lunch. The warm up, they're laughing. Training gets properly serious, yeah. but there are still smiles. I saw them warming up for a prem game the other day, the first prem game of the season, um, and against Worcester, and they were doing live scrums before kick off, and they're properly having a go. You know, they don't often do that. They're properly bashing each other, and they all come up laughing and smiling and bum tapping and all that stuff. They just—it's proper confidence and enjoyment. The whole beating someone with a stick, and we're workmanlike like, and we don't smile. That works for some clubs. It doesn't work for Saras, it's not how they want to do it. It's like they made a decision a few years ago. We are going to treat everybody unbelievably well because and we're going to make everyone love each other. ELE, everyone love anyone. And it is not fluffy. It just means that actually these guys work incredibly hard for each other. They want to get better for each other, so they all improve. It is just it's just an incredible, it's an inspirational environment. And that is what I think that absolute backing that the players get from the coaches and all these young coaches get from the senior management. That absolute backing for me is what makes them, even when they were struggling last weekend, they never looked psychologically in trouble. They always looked like they were gonna come through, they looked relaxed and they got it done. Yeah, and this team I feel has been building for a while. Yeah. You look at the players they've got there. Um,
3: and you, you watch them, you're right, they don't play much rugby, but once they get into opposition 22s- They're back, brutal. It's back to basics, <laughs> isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a lot of one-up runners, but they've got the power and the yeah. skill set to
2: to be able to take on people. You know, Vinapola, both Vinapolas, what incredible ball carriers they They're are. They're unbelievable players. And, you know, we'll talk about the Sarri's game a bit more in a minute but there are just everywhere you look there's real power so there's Duplessis he came as a championship player he's now a top player yeah. you look at Mako Vunapola outstanding Jamie George taken over from Sculp Brits now they've signed Christopher Tolafour for next season from Toulouse he's only 22 the guy's an absolute beast of a hooker he's a fantastic player um, constantly constantly moving forward and then when the ball does go wide you've got Chris Ashton and you're an international winger tops so you will know more about this I bleat on about this all the time and I never know if anyone agrees or not. But for me, Chris Ashton, along with Jack Knoll, Anthony Watson shop, Chris Ashton is a pure winger. He's the best we've got. He's the best England I've got. Every time I watch him, he's electric. He's, he's certainly up there. And
3: you watch his running lines. He's better than anyone else I've ever yeah. seen his running lines. It's because, you know, he pops up in the middle of the field, then most wingers would try their hardest to get back on their wing, because that's where they should be. But you watch him, he just floats. He just follows the ball, constantly following the ball. And every try they score,
2: he's near enough in that picture if he's not scoring it he's yeah. one or two players behind he just wants the ball doesn't he he knows where to be wants the ball he knows that fatties like me desperately don't want to tackle him you can see why England pick you know, Jack Noel Anthony Watson those boys are incredible mm. but for me Chris Ashton should be a bit closer to that team that's just one player anyway they are a wonderful team and I would be I don't know if shocked is the word but I would certainly I'd certainly raise an eyebrow and I'd cock a coniflaria if they didn't win the premiership this season and I'd I don't think Europe's a given by any stretch, but if they don't go a long way and that'd be very surprising yeah to. I'll agree. Um, the Pro 12 for me was fascinating last season, um, really? And I yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't mean to offend anyone with this, but it was fascinating for about the first time for me because the Connaught were the kind of the Leicester City of the Pro 12 last season. and I just think that it was wonderful for Connaught and the players and all the supporters and that sort of stuff because no one expected them to no. do well, no one expected them to continue to do well after the World Cup. They kid it, they did the job, they won it. It became such a such a brilliant, such a beautiful story. Social media was going crazy towards the end of that season. The last game of the season when they won the thing, you, everyone's got to turn on, everyone's turning the telly on to watch it. Yeah. And even people who don't watch the Pro 12 are watching it. I watch the games, I watch a lot of Pro 12 games, and I'll be honest with you, I, I watch them kind of because I have to. I know some of the players, but I watch them kind of because I should, because of my job. But I don't necessarily find the Pro 12... That captivating. I don't want to insult anybody. Maybe it's because I'm not Welsh or Scottish, uh, or any, but are. but um, I, I have that was as interesting as I found it because it shook it up and gave it a proper story. There's no
3: real investment for you in watching it. You know, you're not
2: really gonna the, you're not looking at it
3: thinking you know these are potential England players. You know, whilst if you're yeah. Welsh, if you're Irish, if you're Scottish, you're watching it to see um, you know how players are doing, how your mates are doing, um, how the opposition are doing. Um, so there's an investment if you if you are in that league for yeah, sure because I'm
2: English mate but you're but you are you know you're Welsh are you interested in the premiership like are you captivated by that
3: I am now um, because I'm at the game and I'm just a fan but I suppose you, you keep an eye on it but you keep an eye on more on who you're playing week in week out so you know when it was the, the Celtic League or the, or the Magnus League you know predominantly I'd watch that because yeah. that's they're the teams I'm playing week in week out. Your world, yeah. Um, also, I'm, you're English. You're what are born <laughs> in?
2: Sorry, you're about as Welsh as I am. But yeah, okay. Well, uh, your, your dad's Welsh. Yeah. And yeah. my mum. And your mum um, is she from Pontypool? Um, she actually, my mum wasn't born in Pontypool. My mum was conceived in Pontypool, and that is was something she? entirely different. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. The
3: uh, formidable front row, didn't they? <laughs> Back in what, those days, uh, yeah. What, Quite good with the ladies, apparently. What, what,
2: what position are you? <laughs>
3: Yeah anyway, it's anyway. funny because
2: funny, my dad's six foot seven and really skinny. I don't know what happened. I look <laughs> nothing like him. He's got long blonde hair. Anyway. It's like the Leicester
3: City story, isn't it, with Connor? Yeah. Um, they want that look, brilliant I, story. I remember doing an interview with Brian Moore right during the World Cup, Connot were top. I said, look, this team will not last. They will they will slowly drop down through the league and you know, there's a bit of humble pie for yeah. me to eat.
2: No uh, no l- actual hum- real humble pie Welsh cake. That's It's Not actual real pie. But, yeah, but you know, it's, it's a metaphor. The, that's why last weekend I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, but Connor getting spanked by Glasgow I love watching Glasgow play. I love what Gregor Townsend has done. They're a great team. I was actually a bit gutted when I saw that result because I want, I want Connacht to go and win it again. Well, win but it. they
3: were tipped as well. Um, they, were they? They did, they did some sort of uh, poll and Connacht were tipped to win it again. But Glasgow were Yeah. yeah. Um, but but Connacht, you know, going back to them, where they play on a dog track? A team not full of many stars at all. They had Robbie Henshaw, but his big departure now to, to Leicester is going to be a huge loss for him. But you got to take your heart To what Pat Lamb Has done And what yeah, he's had brilliant. to work with You know they do have Some great players I sidestepped Ely. Pat Lamb once I did <laughs> Did Just, you? Yeah I stepped. him And you also caught Epi Taione,
2: didn't you Caught Remember Epi On the outside Remember yeah, that boy playing, for, playing on the wing as well Done him yeah, Absolutely done him He couldn't get round me He looked you, at me And thought I'll do him No Alright some said I had the angle You use the touchline As like a Mate Four- it's, an, it's an extra defender For me it always was 14 defenders for you Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: Those are the days But you did But yeah um, What a great story that was With Connor. Yeah I love it so, there were some summer tours. Mm. Um, we'll start off with Wales
2: in New Zealand. That went well, didn't it? Um, it could have gone worse. And actually, we... I think they did that first through the first test, but I actually think they, considering that New Zealand are on another planet, effectively, in rugby terms, I think Wales actually did a good job at you, you watch them and, you know, they played Australia recently. I
3: think Wales came out of it pretty well. Yeah. I
2: think it, it only took
3: that game to realise how... I suppose far Wales pushed them look they're always going to be a tough team
2: they are yeah I mean I, I look at last summer and England did so well we'll talk about them in a minute but I, the All Blacks for me it's kind of you watch England against Australia and you're like wow England look fantastic then you flick over and watch the All Blacks and you think well they oh, are no. a level or two ahead but who of the Welsh boys who do you think really stuck out um, Liam Williams
3: I thought oh, again, class, he? Yeah. was was incredible um, 15 or wing doesn't really matter
2: for him he just, he's just got one funny, funny legs though isn't he <laughs> He's <laughs> quick in that, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't be much good at stopping a pig in a corridor, would he? No, no, he, he wouldn't. He's pretty good
3: at riding horses, though. Um, but he, he stood out. You know, he, he didn't come out. Through, he didn't come up through the academy system, so he's not. He's not like a robot. He's not. Drilling. He's a renegade. Yeah, he, he plays sort of what's in front of him, and that's why I like him. At I've heard he's a
2: bit tasty as well. Like he's a bit of a hard boy. I don't, now I've said that about the pig. Is he going to? I don't want him to attack me on a touchline in during the European Cup or something. Am I going to be all right with this guy? As a prop, worried about. Oh, Tom, hey Tom I will take him down mate take, okay. <laughs> yeah. but uh, what I want to know is I, I watch him play and he's incredibly exciting yes I watch Lee Halfpenny play and he basically doesn't make mistakes and kicks just just kicks points he just wins teams games so I I, I wonder who you think they're going to pick at fullback, or is one of them going to go on the wing or what yeah well I think the back three will be
3: George North Lee Halfpenny and Liam Williams George obviously, hang on where's cu-
2: for, where's Cuthbert and Amos where are they Is Cuthbert dropped away at the moment is Amos not quite at that level or what
3: Cuthbert's dropped away a little bit I think um, I think he can still feature in it but out of those three they're three really form players only yeah. I mean, Harper coming back from injury but you have to have him in for the got amount of points he yeah. scores got to pick him. how good his kicking is it's incredible it's Wilkinson-esque yeah. Yeah. isn't it,
2: it? he's it's, it's verging on better actually yeah. I mean you know from it's a price point of view he? he? he's, always, he's always had that and but, he, he knows what to do with it I'll say <laughs> that but, <laughs> The dilemma
3: is, where do you play them? Um, yeah. Do you play Lee Halfpenny on the wing? Do you play Liam Williams at 15? Or or vice versa? So, I mean, Lee Halfpenny started off as a winger, so he certainly knows how to play wing. Yeah, You know, the last four or five years, he's played 15. But whatever whatever you do, wherever you play Liam or, or Lee, they are probably the two bravest men on the field.
2: They're brilliant. And, you know, people, it's a sort of separate subject, where people... Often ask, you know, you go to these dinners and Q and As and stuff. They say who are the hardest guys, the toughest guys you ever played against. Did you say me, yeah. I say Tom Shanklin first, yeah. but I, I never, I never say the big hard guys because it's easy for them. These guys like Halfpenny, Liam Williams, Nick Abendon and Kieran Bracken. they're hard yeah. as nails those boys. But in, in terms of that, that Welsh back three, George North's got to play because he's a he's a freak show and he's brilliant and he's got really really hard quads. Um, but as as a fan, I feel like you want Liam Williams to be getting the ball as often as possible. So perhaps stick him at fullback. Yes. But actually, if you're the coach you Probably want the safer option at fullback, and you have to have halfpenny on the field, so it's more likely to be the other way around, wouldn't it? Because it's easy for us to say stick him at fullback. The way Wales
3: play is, a, is pretty safe, and it's not that complicated, is it? So Lee halfpenny suits it can't be because I mean, they're not that sharp, are they the Welsh lads? Mm, well, you're full of confidence now. England doing well. <laughs> when, was the, when was the last time England beat Wales? Um, I'm not, I, not I, much of a stato, I, actually. I, I can't remember. I can't I
2: haven't remember. Haven't beaten in for 40 years, apparently. No, yeah, no, something yeah. like that,
3: but anyway. Moving on, Ireland touring South Africa.
2: I, lo- I love that tour. I, well, I love the f- I love the first game, and you're kind of neutral because I'm not Irish, I'm not South African, whatever. But it's an underdog story or something. I thought Ireland were fantastic on that tour, they and they and they kind of revealed an underbelly to South African the South African team at the moment, which I don't think does them any favour. And I think Eddie Jones has recently, I think just last week, described them as a team of bullies, and I think they always have been that. But it, you mustn't have watched them on, in the summer because. They weren't bullying anybody. No. You know, Ireland could have won more than one game, and and uh, I think South Africa, you know, sort of chapeau to Ireland. I love watching them play, and I'm I'm actually pleased that Andy Farrell went over there in, in his first tour and did a good job because he had a rough ride after the World Cup along the other guys. And this is got absolutely nothing to do with rugby, but he's actually a really top bloke, really good on a guitar, and everyone, all the players loved him. So like him. I, I quite like I quite like going to see seeing him do well. But then, I South Africa visiting playing Wales and playing England on a, on a tour this, this autumn, this November, I just don't think that is as scary as it was two years ago, do you? No. I say no, but Wales haven't played them yet. <laughs> um, I feel like England, England should beat them, and I think Wales could slash should beat them. I, also, I also think, you know, Johnny Sexton wasn't there, but Paddy Jackson, I thought, had a really good
3: oh, tour. Yeah, really good. They've shown the strength and depth they have at 10 because it's such an important position and Johnny Sexton's been there for such a long time, even though they've had Ron O'Gara, Johnny Sexton, Paddy Jackson had a great tour, so not I won't be surprised if we see more of him now come Autumn International's yeah. come Six Nations
2: time. And what one guy to watch if you're if you're as much of a nerd um as I am is he's gonna be front row now, isn't he? He's not actually he's no. not he's Henderson in the second row. So Paul O'Connor yeah. retires, what do you do about replacing him? The truth is you can't replace him. But in Henderson, I think they've got um, they've got a proper, proper world class lock. If he stays fit and stays in that team, world class lock. England have got two or three world class locks. If you think about Cruetoji, Launchbury, yes. Wales have got Alan Wynn. Um, you know, and I. There, there's and a lot of locks, but Charteris as well. Brad Davis, big old lump. Charteris, brilliant player. But Henderson, I think, you know, of the lot, could quietly. He's one of those guys that could quietly end up starting a, a Lions test. So one to somewhere. watch. Yeah. Um annoyingly good England in Australia can you give us a quick debrief of that without sending me to sleep Yeah, Please. I, 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 lo- I kind of love what Eddie Jones has done and for me it's it's he's gone completely away from what Stuart Lancaster did lots of which I loved actually and um, he's not afraid to make decisions is he he's ballsy and taking off Harrison after 25 minutes taking off Luther Burrell after 25 minutes could not believe that I, Burrell I Burrell he mu- must Ford. be injured we yes. thought he must be injured looking at him and he's on the touchline smiling and Bobbing around And you're like He's not injured You watch that axis Between Farrell and George Ford It's incredible The passes The
3: width of passes The accuracy of passes yeah. Having two ball players Works for them. It. it does work It yeah. does work You know They, they have their faults um, You know George Ford Isn't the biggest of players And sometimes can get targeted But Ball in hand On the front foot no, But he's also When he's got Haskell
2: When he's got Haskell inside him Who Has just It looks like he's been told By Eddie Jones Look mate Stop trying to be Nick Easter you know, you're not a... You can you can chuck a bit of ball around, but actually what you are is a physical specimen who bashes people. Get out there and whack everything that moves in a, <laughs> in a gold jersey, sorry, yellow jersey, and whack everything. And he's just top tackler, and he's suddenly... He's always been a good asset for England. He's suddenly... It's almost like someone's finally realised. Send him out there to whack people, and he's brilliant What's at it. What's happened to the, uh, the... Why do the boys wear their socks down their ankles? He doesn't pull them up. Even <laughs> a polo doesn't pull them up. Do you know what, mate? Half of these boys these days... Neil Back started it. I remember Neil Back if and Austin Healy started it. They used to Neil Back and they didn't not necessarily put the socks down, but Backy and Austin Healy started it. They used to shave their legs, and it it was they used to say it's because they had they used to get a rash from massage. Yeah, you know I'm not having it. I think it's because it makes your muscles look better, and I don't know, basically makes your
3: legs look better. Yeah, it's I don't like think Has
2: shaves his legs, but I think he's he's pretty proud of his calf muscles. I think that's I think that must be it. But with George Ford, you put Haskell inside him, you put Farrell outside him. He's a big hitter. He's a a tough boy, yeah, and I think you know he's not the only 10 in world rugby to get a little bit of protection either side. Not everyone's Johnny Wilkinson, are they? No, they're not. But I thought they were great, and Eddie Jones has given them a real sort of singularity and clarity of purpose. And it seems that it's almost like the Saracens model with a bit more, a bit less humility because Eddie Jones just says it, he shoots in the hip, and he's a great in a press conference. But he said to the lads, I absolutely think you're brilliant, you're the best guys, Billy. Stop trying to do all this. All you do is carry ball. You're better than everyone else. Haskell, just tackle. You're better than everyone else. George, we back you. We back you. We back you. And I think it just so often brings the best out in players. And it's a a fascinating model. I wonder if it will continue, you know, for the whole four years he intends to be here. Fascinating to see. But that was a hell of a tour in Australia. Yeah,
3: it was. It was. Um, And then we finish with Scotland's tour to Japan. Yeah. Not really going to get much out of that, are they? I mean, they won both their games, but... Yeah, what, you, what are you really going to learn from that? If anything, we learned Japan are a pretty decent team still, and yeah, good they do. They do team. take uh, opposition close.
2: Yeah, they're they're a good team, and it, it's good to see. You know, they've gone there really for the benefit of a, uh, a handful of young Scottish players exactly. and Japanese slash world rugby, and so you've got to go and do it. But ultimately, you know, you're on a loser there, aren't you? If you win, you're meant to win. If you lose, you're the worst team ever, and all that sort of stuff. So. Scotland did a job What what I what I have found Fascinating And a bit odd Is this sudden Departure of Fern Cotto, Or the announcement Of his departure yes. Sorry And you know Their results Okay Japan aside And they should have Won those The results haven't Been there Under his reign But you know I've watched them Live so many times Especially during the World Cup They've played some Great rugby And you just felt Like it was going to Come Um I did an interview with Vern Cotter and everyone said to me, oh, God, you poor bloke, you've got to interview Vern. He's the worst ever to interview. I loved it. I thought he's a great bloke, really intelligent, passionate, just not very fluffy. But I really liked him and thought, this guy's serious. You speak to the players, they really like him, really, really like what he does, what he coaches. I just wonder, with Gregor Townsend having been sort of, you know, he's going to, he'll take over I'm sure this Vern. is your
3: conspiracy theory now. My conspiracy
2: it. theory. I just wonder if, you know, I'm... I don't work at Bath anymore, haven't for a couple of years, but you still know a lot of people and there's a, there's a bit of talk when Mike Ford gets the sack, a bit of talk about is Gregor Townsend the guy, you hear whispers. Then you got mates around sort of West London and at Quinn's and around Quinn's and you think, well apparently, you know, O'Shea's gone. Apparently, you know, they're looking at Gregor Townsend. Could be a load of rubbish, could be a load of balls, we don't know. But you just I just wonder if the Scottish rugby union thought to themselves, do you know what, he is his stock is rising and rising and rising because he has done a brilliant job with Glasgow that if we don't give him a big job quick, we're going to lose him. And I I just wonder if they've said, Vern, we really like you and we believe in you, but not as much as we believe in him. We can't lose him. there's no facts behind that. It's just your theory. There's absolutely no facts. Pure speculation. You also believe
3: we didn't land on the moon. Yeah, well, I I know we didn't. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Scotland went and hunted Vern Cotter, didn't they? They went and hunted. Yeah. Great record at Claremont. Yeah. You need a bit of time, I think, with a a team, especially a team like Scotland, to
2: develop them. I agree. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we've got no idea what's going on in those meet rooms. Why can't Vern and Gregor share that job? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah that's, what, that's my point. I mean, Scotland, always a great defence, always great over the ball, probably lack a little bit attack wise. Um, probably don't create enough tries. They don't have the power, like possibly Wales do, to run over people. So they have mm-hmm. to shorten space. And I don't think there's anyone out there in Scotland that is better than Gregor Townsend of doing that. And you've seen what he's done with Glasgow. Yeah. So it did seem a little bit strange but you can't
2: argue with Gregor Townsend coming in no you, I can't, mean, you can't
3: so you're swapping a great coach for another great yeah, coach yeah if
2: you were Scottish you'd love him as your coach it just seems odd the way they've been Vernoff but there you go so that's last summer's tours covered Romeo um, Dunn Romeo Dunn grow up mate um, I saw Blazing Squad in a bar once in Stoke Newington they were it was a really really crappy little bar and they were larging it on champagne and cigars it was embarrassing but they had Reebok classic leathers on didn't they yeah they were they were embarrassing um, I was going to take them out but I secretly admired them um, this year it's Lions year of course Tom. we're not going to do Lions watch and all that sort of no, stuff too it's early. too early for all that rubbish but um, worst kept secret in the world Gatlin to be coach of course he is he's the right guy isn't he he has to be the right guy um, it's good for you in England that Eddie Jones isn't in the mix because
3: what he's done with England so keep far keep him for England you do um, Gatlin what he's done with Wales incredible Successful winner in Australia, Lions series, so he is the the rightful man to. His home country as well. It is his home country, yeah. Um, but you look at the tour on paper, and if you're a, if you're a coach, a Premiership coach, a, a Pro 12 coach, that's a tough schedule. A you savage, know, you know savage. these players are going to come back in
2: battered. Yeah, the truth. Form. Uh, truth is, as a player on a Lions tour, you don't give a monkey's about. No, the schedule. You, don't, you see a name come up on the TV when yeah. it tours
3: out, so you just think, "Great, look at all the stash I'm going to have." You stick your no. boots on and play. <laughs> and another
2: another notch on your CV. Yeah, what's the wedge? It, that's what you think. What's the wedge?
3: <laughs> yeah, can it be put into
2: my limited company? Text your agent. Well? Like going on lines. What's the dough? <laughs> <laughs> can we get it in cash? Don't say that, mate. Yeah. that's not It's not. It's not right. No, it's not. It's not. But
3: it's it's the pinnacle of your career. So you're just. You don't care who you're playing, you don't care how many games you're selected for the Lions, it yeah. does not get any
2: better. Uh, coach we know that's gonna be who, who do you think is gonna be Lions captain? Who's it between? Who's gonna get it, you reckon? Yeah. I think there's only two options. Only two options, and that is Warburton and Hartley. Yeah. I think a
3: lot will have to do with how well each team does in the Six Nations because, you know, we're we're talking now, what is it, September? It's a long yeah. time until oh, the end's yeah. tour with injury. But I think if if both are fit, it's between those two, so, and I think he'll go with Warburton, with tried and tested. He works closely with with Sam. Yeah. Um, but then, does it
2: become too Welsh? You know, does does it all become? It doesn't matter if you win. It's just when you lose, and if, if if you lose, and let's face it, the odds are on the All Blacks, then you get those accusations levelled. But I think Warren Gatland's passed all that now. He doesn't care if someone says it's too Welsh. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big supporter and always was of Dylan Hartley. Um, divided opinion when he got made England captain but you know I've, I've played in you know been on tours with him and played against him a lot and all that sort of stuff and I know how technically good he is you know I remember playing against Saints in a league game and we were getting a bit of joy against their scrum which not many teams had got and I heard him make a correction after a collapsed scrum to his tight head prop and I remember thinking I hope that bloke don't listen because I'll be in trouble if he does and Twenty seconds later, I was being introduced to my own colon, and it was all over. And I got subbed off twenty minutes after that. And he actually, he, he just, he actually, Dylan's advice and knowledge took me apart that day. And I think he's a, so he's properly good. Look at England scrum during the World Cup, not good enough. Look at it since he came back, much better. He's, but I think that I don't know Warburton anywhere near as well as you do. Watching play a lot and all that stuff. But I've done a few things with him, like commercial things, really. Again, you know, again, oops, but commercial work. Um, done a few things with him and spent a few days with him. You. I have, yeah. And we've um, got very similar physiques, me and Sam. And you, you've got to spend about five minutes with him or three minutes with him before you think, all right, he's not the nastiest bloke in the world. He doesn't sink 20 pints on a Saturday with the boys. But he is absolutely the bloke you would have as captain. 100%. He's just He is just a hell of a bloke, isn't he?
3: The biggest thing is, as well, he, he suits the way Wales want to play. Yeah. I suppose the Lions are going to play as well. Yeah, um, Incredible over the ball. One of the best sevens in the world, for sure. Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, and the I pipe, don't. look at
2: guns on him, pipes on him. Oh, Huge. Naughty. All, all those yeah.
3: things coming out. Yeah, he's, nick- j- he's a skipper, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, his nickname's HP, um, but I can't obviously go into why. Why? I can't, i just said... Source? Maybe. Okay, keep thinking, guys, yeah? Touch on the sevens in the Olympics what an yeah. incredible tournament that was and it's it's taken sevens up to another level I think yeah. it could be you know like the new 2020 yeah. of, of cricket in rugby
2: yeah I think the only difference is that in sort of T20 cricket a lot of the guys that are playing and whacking the ball around are the guys that we see week in week out playing sort of county cricket international a lot of them play mm. test cricket as well and I think in sevens at the moment Sonny Bill Williams aside it's not guys that we know from fifteens. They're not recognisable faces before they play sevens. And I, I think, think... slowly they were trying to be introduced. You know, you look at Joe Simpson yeah. he was trying to become involved in yeah. uh, in the sevens. Loads, loads of like Christian Wade. Loads of guys I think wanted to go, um, but then it was like, well, we're going to bin off all the guys that have got us this far and pick a load of famous guys. I don't James know, Davis it made it.
3: And he's you know his first choice. Cubby Boy, Scots, Jonathan's yeah.
2: brother. I mm. tell you what. I don't know him, never met him, love the way he plays, love his social media, I reckon he's a top, and he's got Cubby Boy tattooed on his knuckles, isn't he? Do you know how he got that done? Yeah. He was in, he was in Las Vegas, and I, <laughs> I think the boys
3: basically bet him that he wouldn't get it done on his knuckles, and uh, he certainly showed him.
2: <laughs> That's well, honestly why. He, he showed them, yeah. Oh, my God. Cubby Boy. Oh, my God, that so is
3: kind of basic and kind of heroic. I think the hardest thing for him was when he went home, trying to hide it from his mother.
2: Yeah, not easy. Yeah, no. Glass for dinner. But I, I haven't had a, I haven't watched much sevens in the past. I haven't had much to do with it for um, physical reasons. But forever. I remember. Yeah, you played a bit because you were faster. But I. I remember being uh, you playing at Roslyn Park for Sarries, and I was team manager. Do you remember? Yeah. I was pretend team manager. I didn't know when any kickoff times were. I actually was actually you just come for
3: the crack didn't you the social
2: no I was drinking all day because I didn't have to drive (laughs) I was on the team bus it was great and um, I remember you making a really big break through the middle standard standard and it was like 50-60 yards you got caught um, by their their third choice tight end prop and just before you hit the deck you offloaded out the back beautifully and we scored and it was really really nice move and everyone was going nuts and you looked to the bench and you were doing that substitute me substitute me sign that not when you do when you're injured you do when you're absolutely blowing out your arse and the coach obviously thought you were waving, so he waved back and said, crack on, and you were, you know, you were in a hurt locker, mate. <laughs> it was bad times. That's the thing.
3: I like sevens for about two minutes until you've got to make a break. And yeah. Then, but the guys nowadays, unbelievably fit, aren't they? Oh, if man. they're not making a break, they're chasing back. Oh, that's a
2: joke. Have you know, stopping
3: up. tries. So fit now. The, you know, the, the whole fitness Levels have just gone through the roof. They're, heard... they're,
2: yeah, they're they're a mile ahead of the 15s boys. It's a different job, so you can't you can only compare it slightly. I was actually at Twickenham for the London double header last weekend, and some of the Olympic sevens boys, the GB sevens boys, were there, and I was pleased to see them because they're unbelievably fit. These guys. I'm yeah. pleased to see them chopping a few pints, watching the game, and having a good time, and talking about going out that night. And I, I love that. You know, I think we'll you know enjoy yourselves too because that's part of the game. You have got to be mates and all that, but. The thing that stuck out for me was that Dan Norton, who's GB's flyer, who's yeah. just a freaky athlete, you know, runs like he ain't running, you know, it's so easy for him. He ran he literally ran, bounced up the stairs next to me and Mark Durden Smith, my TV mate. And he bounced up and we both he bounced past us both uh to pop up to his mates a few rows up. And we both looked at each other, and I said, both said the same thing. Oh my god, did you see his ass? It was honestly, mate. He's an arse and hammy. He had quite skinny jeans on, like they wear these days. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I had a vision. Yeah, he wasn't. He was completely nude, which was bizarre. But, um, he had jeans on, and it's like, this is this is a sprinter going past. It's a sprinter. These massive hamstrings, massive ass. You know, ass yeah, cheeks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sounding a bit odd now, but I, I can't get it out of my head. I mean, there's
3: nothing wrong with a bit of bum appreciation.
2: <laughs> bit of bum. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And he looked great. Dan looked great. And um, I love right. what he did out there. And I'm I must say, I'm genuinely. I'm not going to lie on this podcast, I'm not don't. going to say the right thing, but I am genuinely way more likely to turn the sevens on and watch it since the Olympics. So there's your legacy. Yeah, yeah I
3: think and there's talk about you know GB um, competing on the international stage now with yeah. all the seven circuits around, yeah. not having England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland. I don't think Ireland have team in sevens, but competing as GB, yeah. which, which would, I think would be great. Oh, that would be great. Um,
2: they did a great job over
3: there. It, they did, and to get a silver medal, I don't think it mattered who they played, who Fiji played in the final. I think no matter what team was in front of Fiji, I Man, think
2: they, they
3: were monsters. They were, win, they were just incredible right monsters They But think
2: of the job offers Ben Ryan's getting now. Mm. I mean, and considering when you consider what he's achieved, you consider that he was literally born a ginger. He's not going to stand out in Fiji, is he? Yeah, you see him a mile off in Fiji, the beacon. But I, <laughs> considering you know what he's overcome yeah. in those terms, he's, he's, had he's land, done so well. He, land awarded to him. Yeah, he's a mountains, land. I don't know, coffee shops, medals, keys to the city and all trees, that sort of stuff. Tree, all sand, that sort of beaches. stuff. Boats, um, lots and lots of love. Um and yeah, for a you know, for a Orange Man he's done he's done incredibly well. And I, I think now you look at Fiji and brilliant Sevens players, but
3: you look at their fifteens team and if if they're able to find some sort of top flight competition, I think they're they're sleeping giants because yeah, you've seen what it's done to Argentina in the rugby championship.
2: Yeah. I don't think... Um, Beating the Springboks twice. Yeah, yeah. I
3: think if if they got a bit of investment and they got a bit of money behind them and a coach who could sort of turn that team super uber professional like Ben Ryan's done with the Sevens, I think you're going to see you know a top five team in the world.
2: Yeah, I reckon when we were players, I used to think it was really good news that Fiji and Germany hadn't really started taking rugby seriously. Now we're retired and we haven't got a deal with those units... No. I think somebody should really pump some money in there and add some structure to it and get them going because in that final, GB were fantastic with the tournament. Love watching them. Almost felt like a privilege to watch them at times. Not yeah. almost, it did. They were fantastic. And But what Ben Ryan did with that Fiji team, what those players did on the day, yuck, it was absolutely freaky. So, Flats,
3: we've just had the first weekend's rugby action in the Viva and the Pro 12. We'll start off with the first game... Gloucester v. Leicester. How
2: on earth did Gloucester lose that game with a lead of mate, twenty-four points? Incredible. Mate, it was absolutely not you, mate. It was um sorry I didn't mean that. Um it was absolutely savage Friday night. Was and I was there pitch side, it was absolutely savage. So Gloucester tore Gloucester Leicester apart. Now you guys listening at home, um, you know, you know the result, you know what happened. But what, what was most fascinating to me was sitting right on the touchline, I was sitting with Phil Vickery and half time he said it's going to be interesting how he said to me it'd be interesting how Gloucester deal with the comebacks it's going to come from Tigers it always comes yeah. first thing Gloucester do is score another try mm. and he looked at me and said wow they're doing it and then Leicester said we're turning the screw and he just said now you see when Leicester score a try and they you know they start kicking a few points and putting up under pressure and take, driving the legs out of Gloucester he said now you'll see now we'll see what Gloucester are about and we were then split up
0: there
1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: so i didn't get to catch up with him again but i sat on the touchline and i watched the gloucester team just go quiet yeah they did they went quiet ross moriarty didn't go quiet he was the best player sam harrison was outstanding actually but overall ross moriarty the Welsh Six was was the best player on that field. Even his dad, Paul Moriarty, who cheap shotted me once, knocked me out once, and did my backing once, another cheap shot, or just a shot. I didn't know that. Yeah, he did me we'll over. i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, good boy. Yeah. I got out of the car. And, I got out of the car to speak to him on after the game and he went for me. But no, I got out and I, I don't often do this, but I said I you know, your boy tonight was just outstanding, like to the point of being astounding. He was just everywhere. He did he didn't deserve to leave that game. Gloucester did. What Leicester did was incredible, but they said, look, we're going to put to bed, put on the back burner this attacking plan we've got, and we're going to take them on physically and beat them up. And Gloucester just went quiet, mate. It was so weird on that touchline. They brought off our phone and Hibar because the game was kind of worn, all that sort of stuff. And then I just, it just went so quiet, and you it, it was worrying. If you're a Gloucester fan or one of the Gloucester management, it was, excuse me, it was got a bit of hay fever. It was properly worrying. Like and they they need to bounce back this weekend. They need to bounce back from that psychological damage quick. I tell you what was
3: evident in those games was there was there's a new directive, isn't there, about four passes and what the refs should look at.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone
3: silly already. Yeah, it has gone silly. You know, last year it was um, competing for the ball in the air a lot on the crossfield kicks. Yeah, this year it seems to be already four passes and refs having to look at players' arms. Now yeah. the first two tries in that game, I believe, there was a blatant forward pass. Yeah. Matt Scott's try. Um, which he got at the end of it. Beautiful um, try, forward pass. He, he had a forward pass, leading yeah. up to that try, um, down yeah. the left-hand touchline, and it, it wasn't given. Um, second try for, uh, in the game, Leicester, Matt Tate throws a long left-handed pass into the middle of the field, in the Leicester's 22, Yeah, not given, and JP Peterson's offload also looked a little bit forward. Yeah, I
2: wasn't quite sure on that one. It was a mile and on yard been.
3: one as well. Uh, Clearly for forward. Mar- yeah, yeah, for Marchant's try. Yeah. So, already, new directive about four I mean, we're not we're not
2: popping at the players here no. right? and we're not popping at the refs actually because they kind of they agree these directives and they want the game to flow and the games are flowing they are flowing that is but correct it's, but it's when you're on the receiving end of it it just bites a bit and actually the rules are the ball can't go forward there's this whole directive if you know your shoelaces are pointing the right way and one of your eyeballs at least and one of your cauliflower ears and your teeth are pointing at least parallel to the dead ball line and or backwards then you're alright and one hand or your thumb is pointing whatever it is just I think you, you can have all the all the sort of the most detail you want, all the detail you want in a directive. Just a bit of common sense. They were clear forward passes. Have a look and give them. Yeah, I mean consistency
3: is what you want. You know, yeah. if they're going to be given, then they have to be given through the whole. I season. mean, you,
2: yeah, I mean, you're ultimately you're never going to get total consistency from referees because they're human beings like the rest of us, and that's not consistent. Otherwise, we'll just be Hawkeye for everything. But you know, it's it's one thing saying if you're going to be consistent, let everyone throw the ball forward. Then you're playing American football. I think let's be consistent, but let's rewind a little bit and say we're actually not going to throw the ball forward and we're not going to allow it all season anyway it was it was an incredible night and I am fascinated to see how Gloucester uh, react this weekend um, on Saturday I went to Saracens Worcester yes uh, super super dull game but I quite enjoy those because there's often a lot of one out carrying and a bit of physical stuff going on
3: yeah for me Billy Vinopola stood out a mile oh. just, it's just like men against boys isn't it yeah you know, how he carries yeah gets over the game line players just brush off him ridiculous. he gets so low ridiculous human tackle. being
2: Ridiculous human being. Good under
3: the high ball. He, he does everything. You don't want to kick it to him on the full. That's a, play, sure. a
2: player like that, a player like Billy, with that power and size, that, that just the weight, so, subtle hands as well. Yeah, he, he he should be a low work rate, high impact player. He yeah. should be a he should be, he should be a Chabal, someone who drifts in and out of a game, but has a massive impact when he drifts in. Yeah, he's not. No. He's high work rate, high impact. It's a joke. It's ridiculous what he gets through. Same as Mako. Yes. not quite the impact, but just they they're two blokes that look too heavy they always look tired but they're not too heavy and they're not tired they're brilliant players and Sarri's were about a million miles below their best but they still won by 30 points that's what you do when you're the champs and Worcester never fired a shot in attack to be honest but GJ Jan- Van Veltzer in the back row was juice. I mean he was hitting everything he mm. was whacking everything and they got him off as soon as the game was lost because it was clear for anyone on the touchline to see this guy's going to be a hell of an asset this season. Take care of that body. Don't leave him out there if the game's gone because he was whacking everything.
3: So we had the second doubleheader then, which was uh, Harlequin's Bristol. Yeah. Um, so we've seen new boys Bristol coming back. Bristol were great. Yeah. I, was, I was really looking forward to that game and it, it was it was a pretty good game as well. Yeah. But I was looking forward to it because you had past three present. You had Gavin Henson versus
2: Jamie Roberts. Yeah. Two people like... The Doctor of Medicine versus the Doctor of... Tan. Love? Tan. 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 Yeah Yeah it's got to be yeah. tan hasn't it Got to yeah. be tan yeah
3: um, And I think the, the turning point for Bristol they obviously started very well But the yeah. turning point for me Was when Henson went off He looked, he looked real good minutes. didn't he His partnership with Hurrell Yeah Looked really good And they, and they had to go ha- watch out for He's
2: freaky strong Harrell. He is yeah, he Freaky is. strong He's got legs He's up He's got, got to be related to me He must be yeah He must be um, But you
3: know Those, those two had the Harlequins midfield
2: Yeah in trouble, yeah. And, that, and Roberts and Marchant, Marchant's super talent. He's a great one to watch the rest of the season. Um, but they did—they had him—they had him on their toes, if not in trouble, I'd say. But they were—they looked a proper Premiership midfield from the from the from the first whistle. They looked fantastic. And Henson going off, Marla. You see Marla hit him. It wasn't yeah. illegal. It wasn't. It probably we was, say it wasn't malicious. It was aggressive, but it wasn't dirty. No. I saw it a mile off. You know, I watched Marla and I said to I was with Mark Smith, I said he watch Joe. Watch Joe. Whack. Henson off, and that is not. It's not. He's not trying to hurt him. He's trying to whack him, and that's yeah. what rugby players do. So I think what we've taken from that game as well is that Bristol can certainly compete in this level. Oh yeah, I really, really hope they they keep it up. Partly because it's a good story, but also because it is. It's you know I work in on the TV at all these games, and it it's so close to my house. Um, <laughs> I just I think of the environment, but also you know I can have a, I could walk my dogs, have breakfast with the kids, and still get there two hours before kickoff. I mean, it's just a dream for me. So. It will, it will cheese me off if they go down. Probably. And also, they've got two
3: Welshmen on their um, coaching staff now, with Dwayne Peel and Jonathan Thomas. Yeah, Dwayne Peel looking after the back. That's a risk. It's coach.
2: a risk. Yeah, you know, having two you know recently retired players. What well, they coaches. are though, they
3: are fresh out of the game. Um, yeah. So it's quite easy to relate to those players because they have freshly come from it. JT always been good defensively. Yeah. Um, something they did at the Ospreys for for years
2: and years. Something he did at Wales, a leader. Yeah. And, and Dwayne, one of the most skillful players you'll meet. And Dwayne Peel, uh, incredibly lean, um, in great shape, which is one thing inspirational to the players. And Jonathan Thomas, absolutely top drawn on a night out. Yeah, and Dwayne also looks like you, you Google everyone. it.
3: You Google it. The lead singer of Sun Forty One.
2: I, I don't. I don't know who they are. I don't know his name. No, you wouldn't. No woman, no cry. I don't know who they are. Um, uh, Exeter Wasps. Exeter was yes. Interesting. X looked like they were going to do it. They always have a good ding dong. Those two. X started really well. Good driving game loads of firepower but you just felt like wass have got so many weapons especially out in the back line for nine back Robson was fantastic Gopeth and Cipriani great to watch and a lot of people saying well who's going to get that shirt it's a long old season Kyle Eastman was going to be fit as well Cipriani Elliot Daly wasn't at his best but was still fantastic Yeah, uh, doesn't have to be at his best to be fantastic Elliot Daly Christian Wade you know uh, they got Willie LaRue Frank coming, Halley as well Frank Halley Frank the Tank you got uh, I don't know him but I usually his nickname because we're like best mates pretty much soul mates Yeah, Rue and Beale so Kirtley many back. it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous Nathan they, Hughes now yeah. qualified for England Yeah, splashing the catch Haskell's not playing still you mm. know? so they. you just felt like at some point they're going to get a shot and you see Christian Wade down the right in a bit of space he's just electric and one man who stood out for me and it's, it's quite difficult being a, a back centre come yeah. wing to say was Tommy Taylor Oh yeah, what a yeah, what a name as well. I love that name. Great name. Um, I didn't see that signing coming, uh, but it's a very good signing. Talented guy. Yeah. Not yet fully on the England radar, so he should be around for at least this whole season for them. Very, very durable. Very good at throwing, which is you know handy and rarer than you might think in you know talented young kids. I say young kids. You know what I'm talking about. He's not a kid. He's a he's a big unit. But he's, he's uh, um 15 years old. Isn't he? He's he's 12. Yeah. Very very <laughs> muscular. Um, they're not what they're feeling him, but. He had, he had a great game that's his debut as well he had a great game and that, that was a it was a stonking match again um, and Wasps it was a, when Exeter went ahead I thought it would be a good test yeah. of because everyone including me talked him up let's see what I they got they've had a lot of close encounters recently yeah. haven't they Europe yeah. in Aviva yeah compare, compare their psychological reaction uh, to going behind and being under the pump at home to Gloucester's you know, and you think, well, you know, wasp, uh, wasp will feel pretty good after. What that. I like about Exeter as well, I love their try celebration. It's something that we might do after this podcast as well. Yeah, the um, sort of the gentleman garden touch. You yeah, know.
3: just yeah. Uh, the old front bum tap.
2: Yeah, I like that, and it, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't think, you know, certain in terms of gentleman gardens, I would, I would like mine to get more attention than it does, and perhaps that's where you come in. <laughs> the, the, the Jimmy Gopeth try stood out for me, and it's not a try you expect to see him scoring, going around, you know, someone as quick and a good defender yeah. like Ollie Woodburn. but that was a really sort of strange bit of defending from Woodburn a bit of a brain fart you know but but you actually played with him didn't you I played with him I'm that yeah. young I played with Ollie Woodburn I remember um, he, he was, whenever he played for Bath, whenever he played for Bath he was brilliant like, yeah. maybe not man of the match but close to it very very quiet guys so, so quiet he was almost too easy to drop so they kept dropping him when someone else came back fit but he was always so good but I remember being at the rec for like, one of these open training sessions and my little girl was on the touchline we finished training and she you said you kids? I got kids yeah oh, well, I mate mean, yeah thank you very much indeed yeah. um amazing what the internet can offer you these days so I, so I um, she said Daddy I need a wee wee I said well come with me into the changing rooms we popped in no one was in there because the lads were still out autographing with the fans and stuff and Ollie Woodburn was in in sort of a separate bit about to get in the shower I put her in a different room like in the boot room <laughs> I and was, went, went, went away and um, she went to the toilet and I said well I'll pop to the toilet now and I put her back in there and I went through popped to the loo came out and washed my hands and my little girl who was four at the time had moved into the um, shower area where Ollie was in the shower, showering, facing the wall, away from my daughter, which is good news. And um, he was looking at me, and he, Ollie didn't speak much in those days. He's come out of his shell a bit at Chiefs, as people tend to. He didn't speak a lot. He looked at me and gave me a look. that was like, mate, get your kid away from me. This is seriously weird. She's doing her best. She's getting splashed by the shower and all that. She's doing her best to look round the front, you know what I mean? And I was like, get out of here, get out of there. You don't need to see that. And he's like, get it, get rid of her. Walk outside, and she said, Daddy... Why did that man in the shower have a longer tail than you? <laughs> right. it, could, it, could be, it could be worse. She, she could have said, Daddy, why, why don't you have a tail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is your tail dock like our little French bulldog? <laughs> but I always see Ollie Woodburn and then we're on, the, we're on the telly. Kids are unbelievable, you know, they can't remember what they did yesterday. Seeing him playing on telly and she says, that's the man with the tail. I said, no, you're at school now. You're at a skew year two now. You can't say that. Newcastle, quickly go with them. First win.
3: At home. Great job. First win at the start of the premiership in nine yeah. years. Is it? Good omen for them, isn't good it? Good be.
2: Nicky Gonner, great signing. Snotty Snotty. So good they named him twice. Sounds like a poorly child. Yeah. Um, he is electric. He's brilliant to watch. Getting the ball with a bit of space, he scores. Feed him he scores. Goniver, Snotty, Snotty. Um they're gonna do all right, they're gonna win a good handful of games, especially at home. And if they can get him in a bit of space on that surface up there, that plastic pitch. It'll be good to watch. I love watching that guy. Yeah, and we talked. We've talked about
3: uh, Glasgow being Connacht, which is probably the big surprise. Yeah, I am a bit victory. gutted. I must say,
2: I love watching. Love watching Glasgow play. Yeah. but I was a bit gutted that Connacht got spanked. Actually, you know, forty odd points. You did not expect that at home no, as no. well.
3: Um, Cardiff Blues had a good start to their season yeah. as well. And Zebra and the Italian teams in the Pro 12. I don't hammered, f- hammered by the Ospreys. I want to grow. I want the game to grow. What's the point though? There is no point. There is no. Yeah. Po- you know. There, there could be some uh, US investment though so that's that's the word on the street oh yeah yeah potentially ok so we'll
2: leave it there ok but obviously you know more than you're letting on or is that just rumour uh, rumour ok fair enough we like a bit of that we major in that on this podcast we love it? it so next up Tommy we were going to talk to both of our listeners about um, potential players to watch yes for the season lots of these guys you will know about already listeners at home because you're you're sports you're nerds uh, like we are but, you know, some of the guys we might pick, we're most excited about watching. Who's who's on your list, Tommy? i got, like, a big six. It sounds like
3: uh, a safari, doesn't it? But you've got Kirtley Beale and Willie LaRue, both going to Wasps. There you got Louis and Northampton. Can't wait, the freak. Ah, oh, the iceberg. All, all the
2: way in the bottom half.
3: Yeah. yeah. Schulte Saracens, yeah. Matt Tamua. Schulte burger
2: has got a very big head. Have you seen that? It's not an insult. I mean, I, I envy him. He's got the head of a cow. No, it, it is big. Or a you, calf, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Giving birth to that, wow! Um, no, no, thank you. I'm not doing that again. Toby Falatel Bath, yeah, mega got injured in his first game. Poor bloke. I mean. um, hopefully not too serious. Matt, we know about Falatel. Matt Tamu is someone that people on uh, in this hemisphere may not have seen too much of. And you know, I, I watch all the games, but I I was a forward, not a back. But I watch him and think this guy is truly one of the best twelves in the world, and he hits properly hard. So, in terms of a bit of business for Leicester, what do you think of this guy? Brilliant signing. They always seem to sign. Classic twelves, don't they? Major, you know, you go back to Pat Howard, Anthony Allen as well. Yeah. He <laughs> played a long time there. Yeah, yeah,
3: he did. But yeah, this guy could set this Leicester backline alight. Mm. Working with him and tualangi it's going to be incredible.
2: Yeah, look at the players they've got. With Tulangi, Beath, and they got J.P. Peterson. Don't forget, '69. I yeah. think caps of the Springboks top player, Matt Tate, who had a didn't have his best game. Didn't right have his now, best guess, 15 minutes. Did didn't he? have his best. But we've all been there. He is tops. Yeah, speak for yourself. He is. He's a top top player. So. That he is a very exciting sign, but sort of couple of under the radar guys that I'm looking forward to watching. I think Jordan Crane's not under the radar because we know what he does. He carries ball. He's going to be really important for Bristol. I think Hurrell in the centre for yes. Bristol. I watched him play for Doncaster against Bristol when Bristol got promoted in the last season. And I said to a couple of the Bristol boys, "Geez, that boy is so strong." And they said, "We played against him early in the season. He's an absolute freak." You're just making that um, up. You're just jumping. I like on that. Like just, just just best, just on my best Magen. friends at Bristol. My best friends are bringing me drinks. And he's,
3: he's not the biggest of players, though, is he? He's not like a massive physical. He's wiry. He's one of those wiry he's players. He's got
2: powerful legs. Muscles everywhere. Keeps yeah. the leg drive going. Sort of Manages big, big strong bum. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's and he kind of drives the legs hard. But I also, I'm looking forward to watch Ash McGinty uh, at Ten for sale, so very very difficult for Sale sharks to replace Danny Cipriani because he added so much we always knew he was good in attack he added defense he added a calm head he added so much to him. his game and that team he 's a big loss Virgil on irreplaceable I thought he was great for sale um and I think he will be great for wasps uh, but I think Ajim McGinty is a really canny signing. I really like watching him play went off injured at the weekend if he gets fit and stays fit he's he could be great a great watch for sale
3: take two players from the the pro twelve both from the same club. Um, who were great at the weekend yeah. um, Stuart Hogg 15, oh, yeah. pro- I think probably the best 15 in Northern Hemisphere rugby at the moment
2: skill set on him kicking ball in hand very yeah. very creative very Do- fast very agile I love love watching him play love it support line's fantastic so committed not a huge guy but so powerful and committed but what I think when I think of Stuart Hogg is the picture that went viral on social media uh, the day after the Lions completed a you know Victoria's Test Series yeah. last summer of him walking down the high street in the morning in wearing nothing except flip-flops and a pair of speedos lad. with a bottle of beer one an, and he's ripped, he's shredded up. What a boy, what, what an absolute boy. What a lad. But yeah. another one that you would have heard of, but
3: I think he's gonna have a huge season is Tommy Seymour. Yeah, yeah. Wing at Glasgow. Super sharp. Yeah. I had a few Scotland caps. I think last year really launched him sort of internationally, but I've got him marked down as one to watch internationally and possibly a potential outsider for the Lions.
2: Yeah, and and I think he's he's that good. Some of the very best players don't have that many caps, do they?
3: No, they don't. I mean, between us, we've got seventy-eight, so we're all right.
2: Yeah, yeah, and a few Lions appearances. Yeah, things are going well. Now then, we told you we were going to call George North and speak to him, and we actually did.
3: So, George, you were out in Rio. Um, what experience was that like for you, mate?
4: Obviously, it was a really good experience. Um, for, well, not for me, but for Becky, obviously. She had a, an amazing time out there, and she she did really well. Um, I bet she's milking it a bit, you know, though, isn't she? Yeah, we, we've been out for a few dinners, and the medals have come out when the, when the bill comes, <laughs> but it's not really done much, but um you know for me it was awesome to be out there um you know because uh, if i'm honest the time we've been together Becky support has supported me a lot more than i have her because uh when cyclists go racing they go racing some random places like bulgaria and all this stuff so yeah. you know with the schedule on i can't always go to support her so when the club uh, sort of good enough to let me go for, for a week to support her, it was obviously it was awesome and to go to olympics especially with rio as well it's not a bad place to go um you know it was brilliant you know um I had to train as well. Yeah, what did you have there. to do out there? Uh, if I'm honest, I, I Instagrammed that one picture, and that sort of covered me for the time.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Flat out over here, lads.
4: Yeah. 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 Uh, no. To be fair, I, I um, it, I was under the agreement that I would have to do like I think it was like three minute sessions and a, a few weight sessions and some conditioning blocks. So I managed to do them early, and then I yeah, had a few days did. to chill as well. So. Um,
3: Crammed into an hour, yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I did the old uh, Samoan reps. I got five sets of five <laughs> it was all in one go. <laughs> who,
3: who, who was the most famous person you met out there?
4: Um, if I'm honest, I didn't really get to meet many athletes because I was either fangirling hard or yeah. I was training. So okay. um, I actually got to see a little bit of sport, which is good. So I managed to watch the, the rerun of is it Super Saturday or Super Sunday. Yes. Yeah. So I managed to watch um, Jess, uh, Jess Ennis-Hill yeah. do her javelin.
3: Greg Rutherford I watched as Mr. Well, was
4: it? Mr. Rutherford do his jump run and jump. Yeah. Then I saw Big Mo uh, do his five uh, his five K um which is unbelievable. It was a great atmosphere. Um right, yeah. and then I managed, like flukily, to um wangle myself tickets to watch uh Max Whitelock, is it Whitlock? Yeah, yeah. um Whitlock. he won his two goals before Becky then went uh, went and raced in the afternoon. So um I managed to cram a bit of stuff in as well as obviously beach volleyball um, I'd actually get to the beach volleyball what?
2: unfortunately What's uh, I did in? go to
4: the beach and I did see people playing volleyball but it wasn't Olympic standard
2: no, so right. um, what I want yeah. to know is George I mean you're obviously really happy to see someone you love so much um, do so well out in Rio on the big stage but in the back of your mind uh, I'm wondering you know you're you're a humble guy you're a modest guy but you're used to being the big star I want to know how you're dealing with being the second best athlete in your house? <laughs> if I'm honest, not very well. Um,
3: Are you cooking and cleaning more? Does she have, does she have control of the, the TV remote?
2: I'm
4: not going to lie to you. I am doing a lot more footwork around the house. So
3: it's um, changed the dynamics.
2: No,
4: um, there's a bubble to every little thing, isn't there? So go on Enjoy her time. Is it like, That's you it.
2: know, when you used to go out together somewhere, you would naturally get into the driver's seat because you're like the alpha. Are you like getting out there now and she's already in the driver's seat with the aircon going, sat-nav done, and you're just getting in the passenger seat and shutting up? Is that how it's uh, working now? No,
4: nah, I find that she's got a driver. She's already there. Of <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got to walk there. <laughs> Helicop- helicopter lands
2: in the garden now.
4: Yeah, exactly. Well, not exactly that, but yeah. <laughs> um, now nah, to be fair to her, she's... Um... Becky's having a bit of time off now, which is good for her because she's just been flat out. So uh, it's actually nice to actually spend some time with her
3: when we're not both sort of competing or training as well. So it's been been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, long, long season for you last year with the World Cup, with the Six Nations, with that pretty easy tour to New Zealand.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: How how's the body? How are you holding up? Um,
4: phys- physically, uh, I'm nine weeks now uh, since I tore my hamstring, which is like. You know okay yeah. um I'm feeling a bit you know I, I need a few more weeks to find my legs and lungs, as you well know both of you chaps uh, you need a bit of you know it, there's all you can do all the running in the world, but what gets you fit for rugby is actually getting rugby. out there and, yeah. and yeah. doing the hard yards and the eighty minutes um so I had forty on the weekend um which was a an eye opener you know naturally it's the first sort of rugby I played in nine weeks, so i was I was rusty you know by my own standards i can you know i was pretty i was pre open and
2: I not think as much
4: well? ball as as well as I was hoping but you know yeah. mentally I'm gonna feel like I've had a good break away from the game which is essential after that, that long year last year yeah, and year. you know with what a big year's coming a bit of long old season and a big year this year as well so i um, looking forward to finding finding my lungs first and then the one once I get the lungs I'll be happier then uh,
2: in terms of the game the game at the weekend against Bath not the ideal start for you guys at home where do you look at it and think you went wrong
4: um, I think if you if you look at if you you know the weather was atrocious you know for you know for the first part of the season you're hoping for you know lovely sunshine chuck it about a bit but it was absolutely hucking it down and um, you know that's, that's the biggest excuse I can put out there really. Oh you um, mate, Bath had
2: the same <laughs> weather. Don't give me
4: that. <laughs> no, they didn't. But they <laughs> all in their coat. Their coat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
4: yeah, no, I, I think the first half you know we we played to the game plan. You know we were physical, we were direct, and we got on the front foot. I think we just didn't we just didn't think take our chances, you know, I think we were in there 22 about 3-4 times and came away with yeah. nothing um, mm-hmm. you know, and the early part of the game, when you're trying to build a game, build a score you know, it's something we um, we need to learn and we need to adapt and then I think the second half, we just lost our way a bit you know, we, to um, be fair, George Ford and Bath, they they built a score they were kicking their goals, dropped goals and there was no tries, it was just all points and you know, it shows, even on the darkest days, if you play a smart game be put in the right areas and take your points you can build a build the score and build you know, build a win and take that sort of chance of coming back away from them. Even though we scored two quick tries right at the end, you know we still had a you know still three, four, three I think it was three points ahead, uh, three six points ahead. So uh, and there's four points to be fun. Um, so it was you know it's one of those ones where you know and at that point it's a little bit too late to to really do anything because yeah. you you try to grasp at four minutes to score like four tries.
3: Yeah. You, you, obviously, there's been some big signings over the summer and. Louis Picamoles is, is the biggest, really, um, for you guys. What have you made of him? Um, is his English any good? Is there a bit of a barrier uh, there? Well, Does he eat a so, lot of bread? <laughs> uh, he, he, he,
4: he's just always got a gun bleed in his in his pocket. He just pulls them out.
2: <laughs> got a gun it's, The old French baguette rips a roofie. Yeah, he's, off. He's,
4: just got, he's got a jambon everywhere. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he, mate, he's a, he's a really good guy. Obviously, it's hard for him. Uh, obviously, a language barrier. But uh, when he first came over to like to have a look at the club and stuff, I I met with him then so I had a quick chat, and his English was like, um, what's the polite word? He's bigger than me, isn't he, um, rubbish. he it, it was rubbish, yeah. But since obviously he's been working hard, and when he's been here, his English he's pretty he's pretty good to be fair to him. And then um, basically the internationals are in on one of the rest weeks when the main squad are away because obviously the time in and stuff, time off and what yeah, have you. Yeah. And because of my hamstring. Um, I was on modified training with uh, with Louis, who uh, tweaked his back at the time. And at the start of the week, we were like paired up, and it was like me doing all the talking, and then Louis just going, "What? Uh, what? This <laughs> pardon?" And at the end, we had like a walk bike session to finish the week off. And honestly, I swear he was speaking better English than I was. He was like, "Come on, George, five to go." You've
3: got to be honest with this now. You've got to be honest. When you're speaking to him, do you find yourself speaking with a little French accent?
4: No, but I do that very British thing where I just speak louder. So, yeah, of course uh, you do. do. that
2: thing when you're abroad? Yeah. <laughs> Loud and speak slow. Speak louder and slower.
3: A lot of hand actions as well, is it? Yeah,
2: you don't yeah. wear berets for live scrums over here, Louis. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, but no, he's
4: a good guy. Um, you know, I think his quality, you know, everyone knows his quality. He's a massive, strong man. Um,
3: yeah. He's... And I
4: think, I think as well for him is once he feels comfortable in the system and once he knows the, you know, the calls and, you know, the sequences we play, I think he'll... He'll fit in sh- straight away because he'll, you know, we l- we look for that front football and he is that chap that hopefully um, will get us that front football.
2: Yeah, but he's got legs that are like bigger.
4: size of shanks, his waist, probably, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: like kebabs, aren't they? Legs like yeah. kebabs. Um, they
4: don't they don't change thickness from his like his bottom down to his ankle. <laughs> no, yeah.
2: he's, a, he's, a, he's a freaky physique. But is he is he one of these French lads that is like actually weak as a lamb in the gym, just stronger than everyone else on the field, or is he a gym monkey as well? He's pretty strong,
4: yeah. He's pretty strong. He, no, he's very strong. To be fair to him, okay. he's not like the he's not like the farmers you find in Mid Wales. You know what I mean, he is like he's he is gym, like gym he, yeah. To be fair to him, he, he works hard, and I like that. his his offload game is is berserk for a man his size. Yeah, it's like throwing balls left, right, and centre, like which is obviously good for us, really.
3: So apart from him, who else should we be looking out for in a Northampton shirt this year? Except you, George, obviously. Mate. Yeah,
4: naturally, keep yeah. an eye out for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you got a couple of young guys coming through this year. They've had a few games last year. Obviously, you know about Martin and Harrison. He obviously yeah, had a few yeah. caps over the summer. Uh, he is, I think, given them a couple of seasons of top-level rugby. He's going to be fighting for that shirt, you know, consistently in England jersey. Um, young guy, not because he's the boss's son, Harry Malander. Uh, he had a big summer with the uh, England Twenties, and you know, showed what quality he has got. And he's physically uh Good guy. Is say again, so he's, he's a he's big amazing, guy, isn't he? He's a big old goose. Yeah. Um, you know he's got the right skill set and the right mindset as well, so he'll be wanted. And you've got to be for. nice to him, haven't you? Well, he's Jim's son, isn't he? You've exactly. is got to son make, make sure we get he's the sod, in the ball, isn't
2: He's it? Son of Jim. He's got a very long neck, though, Harry. It must be. I always think his peripheral vision. mean, uh, it suits strong. him. It suits him, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a neck of a lamb. Um, um, yeah. I, I tell you what. Um, one, thing, one thing. from Rio, mate. I, that made me. Um, I don't know if you really cared, but it made me cringe on your behalf, was when I heard that Claire Balding, who is my absolute hero um asked you when you were planning to get married but just because you're out there together and you're cuddling and stuff was that super cringe
4: so i'll tell you a quick story so the when she went becky went to fur silver so i was like super proud super like obviously chuffed and then they asked would i do would i say something and i was like yeah of course not thinking what am i doing so the first time i spoke it was all good. Didn't say anything
3: too bad. A little bit of like public necking, but I was like, no, it's not too bad. No. <laughs> yeah, <that, laughs> we've all we a bit of that, man. Is. That was embarrassing. It is, it is what it is. And it's then the much, second
4: man. time, they said, oh, they tried to get all the families together. And I said, look, I'll come with me in the shop, but I'll be out. The, I, I won't say anything. I have did my bit. It's not about, obviously, me. It's about Beck. So see how proud we are and well that really, you know, really chuffed. So, yeah, yeah, we did all, the, did all the brief, as you chaps would know, working on the telly box and all that. It was like, you know, we'll chat to you, do, da da So basically, they chatted to Becky's parents, the Jameses. Um, Laura Trotts parents and then Jason Kenny's parents it was all going well and i'm in the back just smiling away like super proud just happy to be here and then um i think to the, the line was something like uh Sinclair said something like um, oh i basically we'll, we'll let the uh, the trotts and the kennys go because they've got um, a wedding to plan and then she goes uh oh, in the background we've got george here Becky's boyfriend and then she sort of wrestles away through the crowd i'm going oh bugger, she's coming to me and then she goes, "It's been a wedding. It's been an Olympics of uh, proposals, George." And then goes and just puts the mic in front of my face, <laughs> and I'm like, "Where do uh, I go from here?" <laughs>
2: that is cringe. That is hard, mate. That is hard. So
4: then, basically, I spat my marbles out for about five minutes. Blah 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 blah. blah. And then I was like, "Yeah, you know, super proud of Becky." Just completely deflect. Yeah. And then, um,
2: mate, yeah, we, are, she it mate, afterwards. we, you know, we know the coup. We've, you know, we've been there. We're, we're not going to start. Asking you questions about marriage, uh, we're not going to put you on the spot like that. But it is true that you're trying for a baby, though, isn't it? Yeah. Congratulations. no, mate. Oh, no, no. What? 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 Sorry, no, that mate. That's no, just right what I heard, mate. There, no. It's just what I heard. Just what I heard. Yeah. Um, George, top man. Thanks for coming on, mate. I um, hope the no rest problem. of the season goes brilliantly for you, and uh, no doubt we'll see you on the circuit soon. Thank you very much. And hey, say congratulations to Becky. We all yeah. loved watching her. We loved it. Will do. Cheers, Will George. Do. See you, mate. No worries. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers, mate. So I think we've kept both of our listeners, mum and dad, quite long enough, quite a long stretch of me uh, me without food, to be honest with you. Tommy hasn't taken his tanning pills, I think that's about it. Are we done, boy?
3: Yeah, I can tell. You're starting to get a little bit grouchy. You haven't eaten in 30 minutes. and You need to eat every 30 minutes and shave because you came here clean shaven now, look at you. Like Terry Wakeman. Like a caveman now. Yeah. But if you want to contact us, contact us on Twitter, at Flats and Shanks. Email us, contact at com. Or just go on our website, which is flatsandshanks.com.
2: Yeah, do that if you want, um, if you'd like to. It's goodbye from him, him being Jimmy Somerville on steroids. And it's goodbye from him, him being a, uh, a Ross Kemp with
3: fluid retention. ta ta da
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...